Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hi, I'm Melanie. Welcome to Episode 2 in our Serpents and Doves series on Worldviews. Our presenter, Lydia, is a former children's librarian and history teacher with a special interest in how ideas shape us and our world. Today's episode is The Questions Every Worldview Wants to Answer. If we're surrounded by worldviews, how can we begin to understand what individual worldviews are like and how they differ from each other? Our first episode was like the first view from a high lookout. We can see that our culture is full of different worldviews but we don't yet have the tools to distinguish the basic difference between them. This week, we're going to pick up a pair of metaphorical binoculars and zoom in a bit closer to discover the two main different types of worldview. Then we're going to go all out, pick up a metaphorical telescope and get closer up again as we see the way different worldviews answer the questions we all ask about life, the universe and everything. So raising our worldview binoculars we're able to see that there are two main types of worldview. All worldviews fit into one of these two categories. Every worldview is either a closed system worldview or an open system worldview. Now, what on earth does that mean? Let's find out. Firstly, closed system worldviews. I'd like you to picture a shoebox with a lid on it. It's a closed box. In a closed system worldview, only the material world, the things we can see, touch, so on, have reality. Nothing exists outside the system. Any meaning in life must be created from within the system, not from external or supernatural forces. We create meaning for our own lives. Values and ethics, for example, human rights, in a closed system are not dictated by any external forces, but are created within the system. So human beings decide for themselves what's right and wrong. This means that human beings are capable of solving the world's problems without the need for solutions from outside the system. We don't need a God or any supernatural help. Common closed system worldviews include modernism, Marxism, postmodernism and secular humanism. The Western world is at present dominated by closed system worldviews. Now, open system worldviews. Remember that shoebox? Take the lid off. So now it's an open box. In an open system worldview, reality is more than the material world. It may include unseen forces or powers. Human meaning includes a relationship with or a status derived from something or someone outside the material world. We don't make our own meaning. This means that values and ethics, for example, human rights, derive their ultimate authority from fixed absolutes which transcend human systems. For example, the Ten Commandments, not created by human beings, but given to us by a God. This means that human beings are incapable of solving the world's problems without reference to or help from something or someone outside the system. The world's religious worldviews, including the biblical worldview, and also the New Age worldview, are examples of open system worldviews. What happens if we now pick up a powerful telescope? If we zoom in more closely, we can see that even within those two categories, open and closed systems, there are big differences between worldviews. 
For example, both modernism and postmodernism are closed system worldviews. But modernism, which dominated our culture up until around the 1990s, emphasises science, reason, truth and human progress. Postmodernism, on the other hand, rejects the certainties of modernism and mistrusts any big story that tries to explain human progress or meaning. They are very different worldviews. Similarly, the Islamic worldview and the biblical worldview are both open system, but they are very different in their explanations for the human condition, the nature of God, and the basis of our relationship to God. Now, even though worldviews can be very different, they're all the same in one respect. They all want to provide meaningful answers to the same kinds of questions. The answers they come up with are very different, but the questions are very similar. If you read any of the books or articles I've listed in the show notes, you'll see that there are different ways that writers and thinkers express these questions. But to make things easier, I've boiled it down to five major questions that all worldviews want to provide answers for. So here they are. I'll list them first and then go back quickly to flesh them out a bit. Here's the five questions. Who am I? Where am I? What is my purpose? What's wrong? And what's the solution? Now let's take a closer look at these. What do each of these questions mean? First off, who am I? This is the question of human identity. Am I just an accidental clump of cells? Am I an animal like other animals? Am I a little lower than the angels, as Psalm 8 says? In other words, what is a human being? Secondly, where am I? What's real and how can I know what's real? What's the nature of the world and the universe that I'm living in? Thirdly, what's my purpose? Does life have any real meaning? Can I find a direction or purpose to live by? Is there any direction to history or is everything just random? Fourthly, what's wrong? Every worldview recognises that there's an underlying problem in the world, but they differ as to what that problem is. Why is the world not the way it should be? How can we make sense of evil and suffering? And lastly, what's the solution? What's the answer to improving things? Where do I find hope for something better? Where does salvation lie? Every worldview proposes some kind of salvation, that is, some way that human problems are going to be solved. To see how these questions can help us understand individual worldviews more effectively, let's run a major worldview through these five questions and see what we come up with. I'm going to use modernism as the example. This is the worldview that was dominant in Western culture from the end of the 18th century to around 25 years ago. I grew up under modernism, so I recognise a lot of what it believes. Roughly, modernism includes the Enlightenment, the Industrial Revolution, the rise of electronic technology and the space race. So let's see what modernism would give as the answers to our five questions. First off, who am I? Modernism says that I am a complex machine. I'm the product of a series of random processes which are rationally explainable, even if not yet fully understood. I can be improved through self-effort, education and scientific advance. Where am I? Well, the modernist worldview answers this question by saying that the material world is the only reality. Death is a total cessation of existence. The natural world can be improved or mastered to aid human progress. I certainly don't need religion to explain the world. Human reason is the source of truth. And in fact, science and religion are opposed. What is my purpose? 
Modernism says I am an autonomous individual whose purpose is to improve myself and my world by using reason, knowledge and technology. History is the story of human progress. Gradually things are improving as we work together for the good of humanity. Barack Obama, former President of the United States, was definitely expressing modernist thought when he said, While the future is unknowable, the winds always blow in the direction of human progress. His election motto encapsulated it all, Yes, we can. What is wrong? Modernism says we don't need a God to give us value, we're inherently valuable. Human problems and suffering are caused by ignorance, superstition, or the lack of a correct method, educational program, or technology. All ethics are created by human beings and can be recreated by them. So what's the solution? For the modernist, the solution to the world's ills lies in the hands of human beings themselves. If the problems stem from ignorance and lack of resources, then we can solve those problems by using science, education and technology. We just need to find the right technique or method. Eventually, science will find the answer to every problem. There is no solution outside human reason. The character of modernism is a hopeful one. It believes that the trajectory of human progress is upwards and we can create a better world if we just work together and trust in science, technology and education to improve things. If you wanted a simple motto for modernism, it would be, every day in every way we're getting better and better. And if you wanted a pop culture example of modernism, you need look no further than the first series of Star Trek, as the crew of the Enterprise bring democracy, freedom and unity to the far corners of the galaxy. Well, modernism had its day, but world events such as two terrible world wars, the Holocaust and the horrors of the Stalinist Soviet system led to a suspicion that maybe science and technology didn't have all the answers after all. Postmodernism has now grown up as a reaction against the optimism and certainty of modernism, but it's still a closed system worldview. Postmodernism comes up with very different answers to those five worldview questions. And of course, the biblical worldview comes up with different answers again, as we will see in future episodes of Serpents and Doves. Thanks, Lydia, for taking us through the questions every worldview wants to answer. Next time on Serpents and Doves, Lydia will be chatting to a couple of young women from Orange Evangelical Church to check out their responses to what they've been hearing and how they see worldview messages playing out in their daily lives. I hope you can join us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.